0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones Building in Faith
1: God expects us to show people forgiveness because we have been forgiven because we've experienced that debt totally cleansed Your debt to God was far greater than anyone's debt to you. The worst sin ever committed against you, the worst sins ever committed against you, are nothing in comparison to your sin against God.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see, you're changing our lives. Journey back in your mind to the moment you gave your life to Christ. Recall what it felt like to receive mercy, forgiveness, and acceptance by your Heavenly Father. In today's message, Pastor Ed admonishes us to remember the day of our salvation. As we do, it will help us offer grace to those who have sinned against us. He points out that no matter how we have been wronged by another person, those offenses pale in comparison to how much we have been forgiven by God. Jesus asks us to forgive as we have been forgiven. We must obey this command. Now, here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message in Matthew chapter six in a series on the subject of forgiveness. In
1: faith. God, you see how I treated my ex spouse. You see how I've treated that co worker. You see how I've forgiven that child. You see how I've released that parent. God, with the same measure, I have forgiven them. Meet it out to me. Whoa. Either you're calling down blessing on yourself or you're calling down curses. Either you're setting for yourself a bright future or a stormy day at the judgment seat. What happens is we generally are hurt unintentionally and intentionally, but unintentionally, what often happens, when I grew up in New York, I'll describe it this way, when I grew up in New York City, we had an alley, and we actually had a yard, and I lived in this neighborhood, and you'd go through the alley, and a lot of people back then had pets, they had dogs. So you'd walk past one yard, and the dog's tail was wagging you walk past another yard, and the dog wanted to jump over that fence and tear you from limb to limb. I mean, it was growling, its teeth were showing, and I mean, you you just sort of walked, and said, oh, I hope that fence doesn't open up, that gate doesn't open up. What happens, it had nothing to do with me, whether I had cologne on or not. (laughs) Whether I took a shower that day or not, it had nothing to do with that. But it had everything to do with the nature of that dog. There are some people so filled with self, so filled with pride, with arrogance, with envy, with unbridled ambition, if you get in their way, they're going to bark, growl, and bite. They're going to climb up that ladder of success even if they have to step on you. So there's some things that happen to us because we walked past the wrong yard and the gate was open. There are other things that happen to us because it's intentional. Some people have vindictive spirits and they just want to hurt other people and you meet people like that. where. They don't like your success at work. They don't like the fact that people like you. They don't like what's happened in your life. They may be jealous, they're envious, whatever. But they set out to destroy you. They rip your character. They're just an emissary sent from hell. There are people like that. But it all hurts. And with all of that... All of those things that you and I encounter on the journey of life, that's part of the journey. That's part of living. You can't escape it. It's on the journey of life. With all of that, you come into church, and oh, it's a refuge. You just enjoy the worship. You enjoy the word. You enjoy what's happening. And God looks at you, and this is what he says. Mark eleven twenty-five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Even if they don't ask. Even if they give you a half-hearted apology. You say, Lord, be merciful to them. I'm not going to carry this in my heart. Uh, The problem with sin the debt, is we minimize our sin and we maximize everyone else's sin. We take sometimes the magnifying glass of a self-righteous attitude and it makes it look worse than it is. We're all made of the same stuff, made of this earth and clay, and we all need grace and forgiveness. So the problem of forgiveness... We minimize our debt and we magnify other people's debt. But there's a provision to overcome the problem, that provision of forgiveness, the provision of forgiveness. In Matthew 6:12, "Forgive us our debts." Oh, that's man's greatest need, forgiveness. None of us, there's not one single person in this congregate has lived such a good life that they could get to heaven on their own. In fact, if you search the pages of history, go back and look at Paul the Apostle, go back and look at John the Apostle, go back and even look at Jesus' mother, Mary. None of them lived lives so righteous that they would be accepted by God on the basis of their own merits. None of us could pay that astronomical debt of sin. When we look at our nation's debt, it's growing every second, every minute, every hour. And we're saying, what are we going to do? Well, there's a greater debt, the debt that we owe God, our sin. And there was only one person that ever lived, that lived a perfect life, that could cancel out the debt, and that was Jesus. That was Christ. Christ. He could satisfy God's justice because God was a just God, is a just God, and has to judge sin. And he judged Jesus. Uh, Look at the experience of it. Uh, John the Baptist is by the Jordan, and he sees Jesus coming, and he points to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He looked at Jesus. He recognized that Jesus was the one who took away the sin of the world. All of our debt, Jesus took on himself. All of the murders, all of the adulteries, all of the lying, all of the stealing, all of man's inhumanity to man, all of the injustices, all placed on Jesus. That debt was crushing. It crushed him on the cross. He cried out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? In that moment when God experienced something that he had never experienced before. God hates sin. He's a holy God. In that moment, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. In that moment, the weight of all of man's rebellion and all of man's sin was poured out on Christ. And he became an offering to take away our sin. You've experienced the effect of it, the impact of it. Remember when you came to Christ? You knelt at an altar, you received Jesus. Or at home when you opened your heart or wherever you opened your heart and all of a sudden you felt a weight come off of you? Remember the analogy in Pilgrim's Progress where a pilgrim goes to the cross and he feels this weight falling off of him? this tremendous weight of sin. When you accept Christ, that weight is lifted off. And all of a sudden, when you see God, and you really see him in your heart, you say, Abba, Father, Daddy. There's a relationship, and suddenly life changes in the moment. You suddenly feel the weight of sin taken off of you. Uh, You feel clean, cleansed what John the Apostle talks about in 1 John 1, 1.9 when he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, that's our experience. Now that experience of God's grace and forgiveness empowers us. It gives us the ability to do what we could never do in the natural world. That forgiveness of sins empowers us. In Colossians three thirteen, it says, bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So also you must forgive. The grace that we've received from God, we're meant to give to others. The forgiveness that we've enjoyed, where he's lifted our debt, he says, go and do thou likewise. God expects us to show people forgiveness because we have been forgiven. Because we've experienced that debt totally cleansed. Your debt to God was far greater than anyone's debt to you. The worst sin ever committed against you, the worst sins ever committed against you are Nothing in comparison to your sin against God. And when you realize the magnitude and you don't minimize your sin and you see your sinfulness, it empowers you to give forgiveness to others. It was in a Turkish hospital that one of the Turkish officers was nearly dead. He was dying. A nurse came in and she looked at him. She hesitated, but then she reached forward and began to tend to him and stayed with him throughout that whole night. He pulled through. He lived because of her care and compassion. The next day, one of the officers came up to his fellow officer and said, you would not be alive if it were not for that nurse who nursed you back to life. And he says, bring her to me. And she came in. And he looked at her. He studied her features. Don't I know you? Yes. Why? Why did you help me? She said, because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and my Lord taught me to forgive. For years ago, this officer had invaded her home, killed her parents, and sold her daughters and gave her, daughters, uh, her sisters away to other officers. And he abused her himself. Why did you do such a thing? Because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and he taught us to forgive. Forgive. When we experience his forgiveness, we're empowered to give it. We're empowered to share it. We have to practice it. We've got to practice it in everyday life. Uh, that's what God expects of us, the practice of forgiveness. That's why in verses 14 and 15 he says, "'For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins.'" God wants us to recognize that it was forgiveness that brought him into the kingdom. The only reason that you could come to this communion table in a few moments to receive the Lord's Supper is because you've been forgiven. There's not one person in this sanctuary that is worthy to be called a child of God. The only reason that we can gather together in faith is because we have been forgiven. God has taken our sins and he's lifted them from us and he's placed them on the cross of Christ. That's the only reason that you and I can come. And if we don't give that forgiveness to others, we deny the very reason, the very basis on which we stand before God. I like what C.S. Lewis said. We all agree that forgiveness is a beautiful idea until, until we have to practice it. What happens when we fail to forgive? In verse 15, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Your relationship with God is impacted. If you don't forgive, your relationship with God is impacted. The father gave his very best. He gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. It cost him, his son. He sacrificed his very best. Jesus came into this world to die for our sins. He cried on the cross the very first cry, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He offered us forgiveness. The Holy Spirit led us to the foot of the cross. And when we don't forgive, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is wounded and hurt by our unforgiving spirit. That intimacy with God is impacted. No, we may deceive ourselves because sin is that way. Sin blinds us to what we're doing, to the path that we've chosen. We have a remarkable ability to justify ourselves. We justify nursing our hurt. Well, God understands how deeply I was hurt. And then we try and get God on our side all the time. That angel that sometimes comes as an angel of light, but as Satan in disguise, whispers, it's okay. To harbor that unforgiveness, you're justified. Jesus said, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Jesus told a story one day when Peter asked the question, how many times should we forgive? It's found in Matthew chapter 18. How many times should we forgive? Rabbis said, three times and the fourth, you're out. Peter said, seven times, Lord? He doubled it and added one in for good measure. Seven times, Lord? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. Now, he wasn't saying, Peter, take out the calculator. No, he was saying, forgiveness should be unlimited. How can we do that? You can't do that. I can't do that. God has to help us. And only by the grace of God, we can do that? Jesus told the story of a man who owed 10,000 talents. And that day, even Bill Gates' money couldn't pay that debt off. I mean, there was no way he could pay his debt off. And he fell before the master, and he begged, forgive me, and I'll pay you everything I owe you. The man would never be able to pay. I mean, he'd still be working today, so he wouldn't pay it off. You know, 2,000 years, wouldn't happen. But the master just said, I forgive he leaves the court, walks down the steps, sees a fellow servant who owes him a debt, and it was a considerable debt, nothing like the debt he owed the master, but he, see, he says, and he grabs him by the throat, and he begins to shake him, pay me everything you owe. And the man falls down and prays the same prayer that he had prayed. And there are other servants watching this, and that man says, take this guy, throw him in the jail. He's called back into the courtroom and his master says, throw him in prison. Couldn't you have forgiven after what you were forgiven? Jesus adds this comment at the end of the story. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your lips. What was that? Somebody's reading. Your heart. It's not enough to mouth it and say, ah, forgive it. I forgive you, let it, from your heart. So you don't harbor it, you don't go over it. When you walk past them, you don't have these eerie feelings. Uh, When you hear their name, you don't try and uh, throw a dart or throw mud at it. No, 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 no. From your heart, forgiving them. Saying, Lord, I'm going to release them. That doesn't mean that you're going to go on vacation with them. That doesn't mean that you want to make them your next door neighbor. Maybe they are now, I don't know, but... (laughs) but it does mean you simply release it. You give it and you owe it to the Lord and you say, Lord, here they are. Thomas Watson was a Puritan preacher. He said, our forgiving others is not a a cause of God's forgiving us, but it is a condition without which he will not forgive us. We say, accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Ask him to come into your life. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you're saved. At that moment, there's a miracle that happens. But there also is something. If you receive forgiveness and you say, Lord, you are my Lord now. He says, okay. Go forgive others. Forgive others. Release them. Uh, there's another quote from George Herbert. George Herbert said this. He that cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he himself must pass if he would reach ever reach heaven. For everyone has a need to be forgiven. When we fail to forgive, God says, Okay, I'll let you handle it all. You can deal with it and we'll make a mess of it. We need to forgive fully, and that's my last point. We need to forgive fully. In verse 14, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Wow, what a promise. Richard Wormbrandt tells this story. He was in a communist prison years ago in Romania and to his right side was a pastor who had been beaten beaten to almost the point of death to his left side and the left cot was the communist soldier who had beaten him his comrades had betrayed him and threw him in this prison as well and this was a prison where people were preparing to die Now, God miraculously spared Richard Wormbrandt, this missionary evangelist. But he said something happened in the middle of the night. The guard who had been thrown into the prison, who had beat the pastor, had a nightmare. He woke up screaming. And then he said to the pastor, Pastor, help me. I'm not ready to die. I've done too many evil things. And that pastor, in his broken body, physically weakened, got up, walked past Richard Wormbrand's bed, sat at the edge of the bed of the soldier that had beaten him, and with compassion touched his head. And he said, I have forgiven you. You've beaten me and you've abused me. And I've forgiven you. If I, a mere man, a human, have forgiven you, Jesus, the Savior, is much more capable to forgive you. And that man began to confess the murders, the tortures, and all the evil things that he had done. And at the end of that time, they prayed together. And that man received Christ. Richard Wormbrand said, the pastor went back to his cot." he was lying down and in the morning both of those men had died and I believe both of them were in heaven forgiveness is not easy but God does impossible things to those who will say here I am Lord there is a hard law that when a deep injury is done to us we never recover until we forgive.
0: Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is a sobering portion of scripture that Pastor Ed will be tackling, along with others that speak of forgiveness. In fact, Pastor Ed is currently teaching a five-part series entitled Forgiveness. Building in Faith is the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 462 5955. That's 845 462 5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word